This is a presentation of Redemption Bible Church. For more information, please visit our website at redemptionbc.org. You know, contentment is a lot easier when everything's going the way you want it, isn't it? When everything uh, seems to go the way you hoped, it, it just comes so much more naturally. But contentment, it's, it's not so natural when nothing's going the way you want it, when nothing's going the way you hoped. Saturday morning, for example, I, I woke up, I ground some coffee, I, I spent some time in the Word. We, uh, we turned on college game day and got ready for a day of college football. We went to my boys' basketball game. Sean scored a bucket. Like I was perfectly content all Saturday morning. But then we came home from the game, and that was when we learned that we had been exposed uh, this week to someone who had tested positive to COVID-19. And then came all the changes that come with it. And now nothing was going the way that we had hoped for Sunday morning. I think we've all been in those situations, haven't we? Those, those situations where it seemed like nothing's going the way you hoped. And, and we find ourselves uh, getting angry, getting frustrated. We get uh, angry at someone else. We, we get frustrated with ourselves. We even get angry at God, don't we? And that's... That's Habakkuk's story. Getting angry at God for the things that God would have been allowing to happen. Habakkuk, he, he lived in a world that was filled with violence and oppression, with greed and idolatry. A, a nation that was divided, split into two kingdoms. A, a people that were divided. They were turning on each other and they were turning on God. Sounds a lot like the world that we live in today, doesn't it? But not only that, I think we feel the same emotions that Habakkuk felt in the midst of that. But unlike us, Habakkuk, rather than running from God, he, he ran to God and he, he cried out to God and he opens his prophecy in chapter 1 saying, Oh Lord, how long shall I cry for help and you will not hear me? Or cry to you violence and you will not save. Habakkuk was angry at God, and he came to God. He yelled at God. But what you notice throughout the book of Habakkuk is that rather than withdrawing from God, he was drawn to God. He was drawn closer to God. And throughout the book, we see him abiding in the presence of God. I love, I love that word, abide. It is such an intimate word describing our relationship with God. It's a, a word that describes us taking up residence and dwelling in his presence. And in those moments where it feels like your entire world is falling apart, where the, the ground is crumbling beneath your feet, it's in those moments that we need to choose contentment, contentment that doesn't always come naturally. And we choose contentment, as we're going to see this morning, by running to and abiding in the presence of God, running to the arms of our loving Heavenly Father. And so if you will, why don't you open your Bibles this morning to the Old Testament book of Habakkuk. He's one of those Old Testament minor prophets there just before the beginning of the New Testament. And we're going to be in the, the end of Habakkuk 3 this morning. And Habakkuk, he closes his prophecy showing us how to abide in God's presence, how to choose contentment in the midst of chaos. 
And he's going to show us three ways this morning. And each of these three ways, they contrast our perception of reality with God's truth. Taking the, the reason that we might withdraw from God and giving us a reason to be drawn into his presence and abiding in his presence. And so three ways that we abide in God's presence. Here's number one, rest in the Lord. All right, rest in the Lord. Read verse 16 here with me. Habakkuk chapter three, verse 16 reads, I hear and my body trembles. My lips quiver at the sound. Rottenness, it enters into my bones and my legs tremble beneath me. Yet, yet I will quietly wait for the day of trouble to come upon the people who invade us. Something's got Habakkuk spooked here. Right? His body's trembling, and it's not because he's cold. His lips are quivering, and it's not because he's watching some sappy rom-com and trying to fight back the tears. No, he was scared. He was, he was literally shaking in his boots. Right, He says his legs were trembling. He, he can hear the army of Babylon marching in on Jerusalem. He can feel the marching in his bones. This was an army that God was raising up to bring in to discipline his children, to discipline Israel for their disobedience and their idolatry. And this, this verse, it, it reminds me of that scene in the beginning uh, of Empire Strikes Back, right? The, the battle of Hoth as those rebel soldiers were about to enface the empire. They're, um, they're there waiting in these snow trenches. And, and as they're waiting... Here comes Vader and these massive Imperial walkers marching towards the Imperial base. And, and these massive machines, they are shaking the ground with every step that they take. The, the darkness is closing in, knowing that their, their destruction is imminent and there's absolutely nothing that they can do. Right? And we, we may not have sat in a, in a snow uh, bunker with Darth Vader facing us, but I think we've all faced something coming something that we feared, something that we knew we, we couldn't stop, something that was eminent. And we felt that fear. We have felt that overwhelming and, and paralyzing fear that just leaves us frozen. And yet Habakkuk, he chose to wait quietly for that day of trouble to come. He chose to wait quietly for Babylon to invade. John Calvin, he, he translates the Hebrew of this verse to say, uh, I will rest in the day of trouble. I think that helps us see how it is that Habakkuk waited. See, in those moments when the fear and the frustration are just, just overwhelming, we're, we're prone to do one of two things, I think. Number one, I think sometimes we're prone to seize control of the situation. We want to take matters into our own hands. We think that we can fix this. We think that we can beat this, that we can find a way out or find a way through. If we just work harder, we'll figure it out. But not only that, I think sometimes we do the exact opposite. I think we just give up. Uh, we, we feel powerless. There's, there's nothing we can do. And, and so we just shut down and withdraw. And, and what we see here is that Habakkuk didn't do either of those things. No, Habakkuk, he chose contentment. He chose to abide in, in God's presence by resting in God. He, he rested and that filled him with a, a sense of, uh, of peace rather than panic. It, it gave him calm in the midst of chaos and enabled him to wait on God and to trust 
in God. And you know what's interesting is that um, if we were able to do a show of hands and I would ask who here enjoys sleeping, who here enjoys naps, I think it would be the one time in the history of our church that you all actually raised your hands. Like we love sleep, but as much as we love sleep, I think we struggle to rest. We struggle to rest. We struggle to wait because ultimately we struggle to trust, don't we? Our struggle, uh, we struggle to trust who God is. We struggle to trust that God is going to do all that he's promised to do. And when we fail to trust God, we begin to trust on ourselves, don't we? And the less that we trust, the less that we rest. And as that fear grows, our trust wanes. And we grow increasingly frustrated and exhausted And it's in those moments that God, he is calling out to you. He's calling out to us to come to him, to abide in his presence, to rest in his presence, and to trust him. To believe the words of Psalm 4610 where he says, Be still and know that I am God and that you are not. And so stop trying to be. I think there's no greater display of trust in God than to rest. No greater display of surrender to God than to sleep and to Sabbath. And so you want some real practical application for Habakkuk 3 this afternoon? Man, I want to invite you, I want to give you permission to, to entrust an hour, maybe two to God and take a nap. Like That's what I'm doing this afternoon. Let's rest in the Lord. Three ways we abide in God's presence. Here's number two. Rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord. Look at verse 17 and 18 here with me. He goes on to say, Though the fig tree should not blossom, nor the fruit be on the vines, the produce of the olive fail, and the fields yield no food, the flock be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord, and I will take joy in the God of my salvation. And growing up a farm kid in Iowa, like I get verse 17. Like we've lived that as a family. Springs where it was too wet to plant the crops. Summers where it was so dry the crops wouldn't grow. Storms like a derecho, a, a word we learned in Iowa. Hail, leveling fields. Disease some seasons taking out the herd of cattle. And here for the, the people of Israel, they're their crops, right? Their figs, their grapes, their olives, they had been decimated. Their flocks and their herds, they'd been obliterated. This this land that was once flowing with milk and honey, it had dried up. And as a result, these people, they were facing a level of poverty that I think most of us have never and God willing will never know. They had nothing to eat. They had no food on the table. They had nothing to sell, nothing to to trade. And they had no hope that things were ever going to get better. No matter how bad things might get, Habakkuk declared, I will rejoice in the Lord. Regardless of how dark the future looked, Habakkuk knew that his joy would be found in the God of his salvation. Right? Habakkuk, he chose contentment. He chose to abide in God. He chose to rejoice in the Lord because he knew these two things to be true. Number one, he knew that our contentment is found in God. We have been speaking of this throughout this series, right? Our contentment is found in God. It's not found in our circumstances that we face or the emotions that we feel. Our contentment is found in God. And it's easy 
to be content. It's easy to be happy when everything's going great, when everything's going the way you want it. But not so much when things take a turn for the worse, when tragedy sets in, when your story starts to look a lot like Israel's story here. British pastor G. Campbell Morgan, the, um, the mentor and predecessor to the great Martin Lloyd-Jones, he said, our joy is in proportion to our trust. And our trust is in proportion to our knowledge of God. We are blessed. We are fortunate that we get to know who God is, who God has revealed himself to be, both in the written word of scripture and in the living word of his son, Jesus Christ. And what we know to be true is that the more time that we spend with God, the more that we faithfully follow the way of Jesus, that the more intimately we come to know God, the more that we come to trust God, the more that we come to trust that he is sovereign, that he has the ability to fulfill every promise that he has ever made. Uh, the more that we trust that he is faithful, that he desires to fulfill those promises, promises that he will fulfill in and through his son, Jesus Christ. And the more that we trust God, the more that we will find our contentment in God. But not just that, the second thing that he knew to be true is that our worship is directed toward God. And that is true regardless of the circumstances that we face and the emotions that we feel. It's just as true this morning, worshiping from our living rooms in our own homes is worshiping together here in our church home. But see, it's easy to worship God when things are going well, isn't it? It's easy on those Sunday mornings when you don't even need the alarm clock, when, when like this year, right, we got a whole extra hour to sleep in. It's easy to worship God when daylight savings time comes to an end. It's not so easy in March when daylight savings time starts up again and we lose an hour. It's not so easy when you've had a rough week, when you feel beat up, when you feel let down. But what I need you to know is that our worship of God, it is a choice, a choice that is independent of our circumstances. Our worship of God, it is a response, rejoicing in who God is, what God has done, and what it is that he has promised to do. And our worship of God, it draws us ever closer to God, abiding in God. Because man, on those days, those Sundays, those mornings, when you feel least like worshiping, I need you to know those are the times that you are probably most in need of worshiping. The most you are in need of worshiping, not just alone, but together with God's people. And so while we are not worshiping together in, in the same place, we are worshiping together at the same time. We are worshiping together as one family, just in many locations, and God willing, in one location next Sunday. Our worship is a choice and it is a response as we rejoice in the Lord together. In three ways we abide in God's presence. Here's number three. It's to rely on the Lord. And ultimately we rely on the Lord. Look at verse 19. Habakkuk closes saying, God the Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the deer's. He makes me tread on my high places. Habakkuk and Jerusalem, they were facing a hopeless, helpless situation. They, they weren't able to muster up the strength to fight off Babylon on their own. And their only option, backed into the corner, was to, to turn to God and to rely on God, on his might, on his power, and his strength. 
And what he's doing here is he's quoting actually King David from Psalm 18. And and David, he wrote uh, that psalm after God had delivered him from the hand of Saul. And by quoting King David, what Habakkuk is doing here is he is declaring God's eventual future victory over Babylon, a victory that would be won by God's strength, not their own. And that takes humility to acknowledge, doesn't it? I love that humility that we see both in David and Habakkuk here, that rather than being ashamed of their weakness and withdrawing from God, they embraced his strength and were drawn into his presence. Rather than relying on their own strength, they relied on God's strength, the God of my salvation, Habakkuk says, right? Strength and salvation. Two words that we see throughout Scripture in describing God. Moses, in in Exodus 15, he says, The Lord is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. This is my God, and I will praise him, my Father's God, and I will exalt him. Isaiah, in chapter 12, he, he says almost the same thing, saying, Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and I will not be afraid, for the Lord God is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. I love you. And and what I needed you to hear this morning is this, is that you don't have the strength within you to save you or to sustain you. We don't. None of us do. But the good news of the gospel is that God is the source of our contentment because God is the source of our strength. God is the source of our salvation. And like David and Habakkuk, that takes humility to acknowledge to acknowledge that you don't have the strength within you to save you, that you don't have the strength within you to sustain you day after day, that you can't do it on your own no matter how hard you try or how much you do. And what we find when we rely day in and day out on our own strength, trying to do what it is that only God can do, it reveals our lack of trust in God. What it is that we are saying when we do that is we're saying that the cross was not enough. We're saying that it is the cross and what we're saying is that God's strength is not enough to sustain you. It's God's strength and it's the Holy Spirit and. And at that point, God ceases to be God. He becomes just another God among gods. And so this morning, what I, what I need us to hear, I want us to hear God calling out to us to come to him to abide in him, to rely in him, and to trust in him to do what you could never do. Hear me, God God never expected you to be enough, to be good enough, to be strong enough. That's why he sent his son. That's the very reason Jesus came, to do for you what you could never do, what you would never choose to do. For by him all things were created, and by him all things are renewed, including you. By his sacrificial death, you have been forgiven of sin. And by his victorious resurrection, you have been freed from sin. And by his glorious ascension as the Son ascended, the Spirit descended. And God's Spirit within you, it fills you, it strengthens you, and it sustains you. And that's the truth of the gospel that is, that is true no matter what it is that you are facing, no matter what the future might hold. And so hear God calling out to you this morning to come and to abide, to rest and to trust and rejoice and be strengthened, be fulfilled 
and be content in him, resting in him, knowing that only in God's presence will you ever find true lasting contentment. Rejoicing him, knowing that only in God's presence will you fully know true joy. And relying on him, knowing that only in God's presence will you find strength and will you find salvation. That is the God we worship. That is the God that we trust. That is the God in whose presence we abide in and to whom we pray to. Let's pray. Thanks for listening. For more audio content and information about redemption, please visit our website at redemptionbc.org.